Yes, you are. Cairo Radio News, the John Curley, Sherry Elliger Show. Sorry, Sherry Elliger and that lovely little gal that lives in that teeny tiny pickled jar with the teeny tiny lady. Choosing a letter of the day, working extra hard. Sherry, say hello to teeny tiny. Hello, teeny tiny potato. Hello, potato. There you go. Thank you. Diving into the day. Okay. Uh, by the way, if you want to commit a crime, uh, come to Seattle. You can commit crimes all day long. You can go to Portland as well. We've uh, decriminalized drugs, decriminalized a bunch of other stuff as well. So now, what do you know? Oh, my goodness gracious. How's this happening? 81 cars, 81, are stolen daily in Pierce and King County. Holy 81. They can possibly, they can't possibly catch all these guys. I saw a story out of Bellingham, I guess it was back in April of 2022. They were losing, I don't know how many cars a day, same sort of thing, thousands in a month. Cops said, we don't have enough cops to go and find them. Plus, we don't have the ability to be able to stop them anymore, um, and we can't really do much about it. So MyNorthwest.com, talking about the fact that Puget Sound Auto Tracking Theft Force, they're out there trying to catch them, 81 cars a day. Good In January, uh, 1,603 cars were stolen in King County, 909 in Pierce County. That's just in January. In 2022, 45,033 cars were stolen statewide. 45,000. Mm. I was trying to figure out where they do they take them to a chop shop? I don't think they do. They just joyride them. Do they use them then to commit other crimes? I guess the answer is to the uh, to the second one is yes. Joyriding probably, um, or just drive the car to get somewhere and then just dump the car. I assume it used to be they would take it to a chop shop, break it all up, ship it off to China, get money for the different pieces. Maybe they're taking the car and it's getting ripped up and they're selling piece by piece. I can't imagine the thieves that are doing this are that industrious. I can't imagine that they're stealing a car and then trying to sell the car to somebody else. That's the stupidest thing you can possibly do. Do we know why they're, they're what they're doing with them after they take them? Does anybody? Are you on that? Did you see the answer to that one, Sherry? No, I don't think that they have those answers. They do say that Hyundai's and Kia's are the most popular ones because they're easy to steal because they don't have that anti-theft. Yeah. Uh, device. So they're recommending if you live in an apartment building, make sure you have something like that to protect the car. It does sound like right. a lot of these are just crimes of opportunity. They see that they can they can do it. They steal the car. They drive around. I agree with you. I don't think that these are people that are really out to do anything that's going to make them more work. They're not going to break apart the car and mm-hmm. do all of that. They don't want to bother with that. They probably just ride around no. in it, brag about the fact that they stole it and dump it somewhere. Or or run it into the Here's ground Kevin. or do something. Here's Kevin Coe from Cairo. Oh, I just park in front of the house, and if it's there when I get up in the morning, that's great. <laughs> do you feel okay leaving it out there? My, I don't have much of an option, so that's yeah. what we do. You probably know someone who parks their car outside. Criminals do, too. The Puget Sound Auto Theft Task Force says 1,603 cars were stolen uh-huh. in King County just last month. Another 909 yes. were stolen in Pierce County. That's 81 cars a day, a slight increase compared to months prior, but still an ongoing problem traced back to last year. 
Mm. People are putting trackers in their cars. That's pretty easy to do. Put that little thing in there. Question for you, Sherry. If you had a tracker in your car, somebody stole your car, would you follow and go and try to get your car back? Yes. I mean, I, I would probably take somebody with me, but yes, I would want to get it back. Sure. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't uh, you? Well, you, you know, you're, you're risking your life for your car. Yeah, but I guess but you love then... that car. <laughs> well, I don't love the car enough to risk my life, but I, I, mm-hmm. I would like to get it back. But you bring up a good point that if it's going to be a confrontation, then I'm hardly the person to, uh, to do that on my own. I, I guess mm-hmm. it's something that you, you just, it's such a violation, right? I mean, you get the car back. Yeah. And do you even want it back? You don't know what went on in the car. I don't know. There might be something about it that just just is too creepy to want it back at that point. Mm, mm. In Portland, there's a guy, I think about a year ago, I thought I had seen in the news just even today that he has stopped doing this. But he decided to get into the sort of the Superman hero move to actually find the stolen cars. It felt really good to help somebody out. Fixing cars during the day and fighting crime at night, Nick Haas learned the ins and outs of spotting a vehicle. Now he finds an average of one car a week. Almost every morning I was finding a car or a bike on my way down to the shop. Sometimes it's as simple as just driving through homeless camp. Sometimes I'm looking on Facebook and seeing, okay, this guy's missing his Ford F-Series. Sometimes he'll find them intact and other times stripped. I basically just get on here every morning or at night and just kind of go down the list and see what's been posted and where. This individual, they had their uh, Mitsubishi stolen in Gresham area, probably been spray painted by now. Plates are probably gone. Some of his encounters have been dangerous, but thankfully he hasn't been hurt. I've had a knife pulled on me six or seven times. I've been shot at twice, almost run over twice. And he says it's all worth it. Seeing the look on the owner's face the first time they see they're missing car or motorcycle or whatever you must feel pretty bad now sherry this guy's finding other people's cars not even his car shot at stabbed almost run over and here you won't even bother looking for yours you're gonna let this guy take the heat i'd let him find my car for me that would be fine (laughs) the vehicle was uh that moment is why i do it that's worth the risk that's worth you know putting myself out there to go out there and find it just to have these people in that moment of re- being reunited with their vehicle. So that story first ran, I think it was in April of last year there in Portland. Because don't forget, uh, Oregon also decriminalized drugs, so they have the same problems we have here. <clears throat> Other people have now sort of jumped into this. Now there's a whole group of people that go on Facebook and try to find the cars, uh, trying to step in there and help people. Because if the laws and the lawmakers that write the laws and the police that follow the laws will not support the victims, the victims are not the people that are homeless, experiencing homelessness. They're not the victims. The victims are the people that are just trying to live their life. And the primary number one job of the government is to be able to have safety so that civilians can live their life, can exchange goods and services without the threat of having personal property stolen from them, beaten over the head or anything else. That's a civilized society. The primary function of government is to keep everybody uh, doing their own thing without anybody getting hurt. But again, if you believe, as they do, as your senator there in Redmond believes, the real victims... 
the real victims of the systemic racism and the horrible system and the brutal, brutal police and, and the awful, you know, um, uh, school to prison pipeline. Those people that believe all of that, right? The real victims are those, the, the, um, the people from the, the, the underserved communities, the homeless people, those, they're the victims of of the greater structural problems of capitalism. They're the victims of that. The rest of you, you know, you can buy a new car or you've got white privilege. You are, but the, but we need to take care of everybody else that, that is perpetrating the crimes, but they're only doing it because they're just trying to survive because the system itself is rigged against them. That's the sort of nonsense that they believe. Here's the, uh, is this the whole thing? This, uh, Dave Rose, David Rose from uh, Fox 13 was talking about this car that was stolen. We rolled up just after officers cuffed the suspect, where a camera caught him trying to pull one of the oldest tricks in the perp playbook. All right, Sherry, Andrew, uh, some Jeopardy music. You ready? Mm-hmm. Your category is oldest tricks in the perp playbook for 400. What is the oldest trick in the perp playbook? What is, I didn't do it? No. Anyone to steal. Oldest trick in the perp playbook. Andrew or Chris. Chris, you have $30. (laughs) I know the answer, so I can't play. All right. Andrew. I also listened to it, so I also also shouldn't play. I'd be cheating. (laughs) Okay, wow. Uh, I'd like to take the category, who can stop the show by not playing along? And even <laughs> though you're honest, you're still killing the vibe of the show. And the answer is Andrew and Chris is the answer. <laughs> who is Andrew and Chris? Sherry, In the last book. chance to guess. Oldest okay. trick. You know what it is? What is trying to run away? Mm, no, I'm sorry. Hi, sir. I'm sorry. 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 i Listen closely. Swallow some dope. Let's get medics here. Any other thing? Uh, you have any questions for me? The man tells officers that he swallowed some dope. He's hoping they'll take him to the hospital. Play- That's right. The answer was, what is swallowed some dope? And why? Sherry, Why? Because if they take him to the hospital, he can yes. avoid being arrested for a little while. I'm sorry. You should have answered in the form of a question. Chris. Oh. The odds that police don't have the staffing to guard him for hours while he gets checked out. Then he can give medical staff the slip. That's right. So as they're arresting you, I swallowed some dope. Then they call the paramedics. Paramedics put you on the thing. Then they drive you over there. You go get a free ride in your ambulance. They bring you in. The cop stands there for a little while. You're in there. The cops, the the, the emergency room guy's going to check you out while you're waiting. The cop gets a call. All units respond to domestic violence, blah, blah, blah. And the cop goes out the door. And then the guy looks around. And then he, out the door he goes. So, yeah. Oldest trick. I'll remember that one. Yeah, I got it. That's uh, that's, I've I've learned a lot. I know what I'm doing next time. Next time I get. By the way, that's awesome. Let's. I'm going to give five points to Chris. Put five points on the board for Chris for being honest, and five points for Andrew as well. All right, for both being honest because they had heard heard the correct answer there. (laughs) Uh, And uh, hey, congratulations to Sammamish. Sammamish is now, or has always been, it's one of the safest cities in the country. Yeah, baby. 
Um, having lived in Sammamish and serving the city council, here's why it is the safest. It's a long drive from I-90. You got to get off I-90, and the traffic's bad, and then go up the hill and around the corner, and, nah, 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 and 218. Nah, nah, nah. Um, most criminals don't want to go all the way up there. It's not worth it. Yes, there's lots of rich people. Occasionally, we had our car broken into a couple of times. Um, the Prius, get this, the Prius, the kids, I got this car, the Prius, I drove it around, then I gave it to the kids. It was so messy, so messy that the car had been robbed and we didn't even know it had been robbed for like five days. <laughs> what did they take? A McDonald's bag? Uh, I, I, uh, I, I, what, what did they the get? The thing that it was the inside of that car, like, you know how bad mine is, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Now imagine that. Close your eyes for a moment. Turn it to turn it to breathe through your nose. Mm-hmm. Close your eyes and imagine my car, but my offspring driving their car, which I've given them, so they don't care about it, and they are filling that car with garbage. So much garbage that I'm sure the guy stealing the thing was like, Phew, "This car's a mess." Yeah, they stole Charlie's laptop out of there and Ryan's laptop or something. But because they never did any work for like five days, they didn't even know their laptop was stolen. And we realized, oh, look at that. They broke the back door or whatever to get into the Prius to steal the stuff out of the thing. So, I'm still sort of stuck on the fact that you drove a Prius. Um, Why? I just, you don't seem like a Prius guy, knowing your fleet of cars that you have mm. and the kinds of cars that you that you seem to choose. A Prius would not be on the list if right. I were to guess cars that you uh, that that you have purchased. I used to do the commercials for Rodland Toyota, and Buzz Rodland gave me a Toyota Highlander, which I drove for like it got up to twenty thousand miles. Then he calls me up and goes, "Hey, buddy, you got to bring that car back." So I bring the car back and don't even think about this part of it. I bring the car back with the kids and Lace. We drop the the Highlander off. I thought they're going to give me another car because when you you know do ads for them, they give you a car. Well, they didn't have another car, so I would see Rob over in the car department, and then he goes, "So, uh, what kind of car are you thinking about?" I was like, "I don't care. I don't really care." Well, uh, what kind of car are you doing research on? I said, I don't care. What do you got in out there right now that's got like, what can I, what do you got for $20,000? Well, what kind of car? I said, I don't care. I really don't care. And we bought the car in less than 10 minutes. And it was a red Prius. We didn't even test drive it. And we got in it and drove it away. And man, oh man, it came fully loaded. And I mean fully loaded with the smell of cigarettes. And uh, we drove <laughs> that thing into the ground. Man, I would say we had that thing for like 10 years or something like that. And then uh, Charlie sold it for $1,000. With the garbage or did she clean it out before she sold it? Uh, I think it came with garbage and a catalytic oh. converter. Yep. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's a steal. I bought that one. <laughs> the guy going... Really, you don't care what cars? I don't care. I don't really, I really don't. You want to take it for a test drive? I don't care. We don't care. Whatever. So we walked out there, handed me the keys, and it was a red Prius. That's uh, That makes sense because I, I would not have thought of you as somebody who would choose that. But it sounds nope. like it shows you. Yeah. A lovely little car. Here we go. Ah, it's been a great show. Hey, you should do another hour, six to seven. We think we'll finish this up. Let's get those letters. What do you think, Sherry, huh? I think it's a really good idea. 
Let's I keep like going it. with the news and okay. news entertainment here. Yeah. The um, people say they have got less friends. This isn't anything new. These stories have been kicking around for a while. They say it's harder to make friends. They have less friends. People don't feel socially connected uh, to others. As Robert Putman wrote the book in 1994-95 after interviewing 500,000 people. What? 500,000? Sent through surveys. Uh, he wrote the book Bowling Alone. Chris Martin knows about this book. We talked about this before. People are less connected. Less connected to social fabrics. They don't sign uh, petitions. They are not involved in institutions. They don't go to church. They don't belong to the Eagles Club. They're not part of a bowling club anymore. More people are bowling, but 1995, but more people were bowling outside of leagues. Bowling alone, that's where it came from. It's just, I believe, gotten worse as people are less and less connected with other individuals because the places where everybody used to meet, they don't meet anymore. And the idea of friends has been reduced to, you know, a little blue thumbs up on your Facebook page or something. So it's another story of people being isolated, alone and without friends. And they say that about half of Americans lost touch with at least one friend during the pandemic. And 60 percent of people have lost touch with a lot of their friends. So they're saying that this is also because people don't go into the office anymore and they called the office the playground. So you would make friends in the office. You wouldn't necessarily always socialize with them, but you had your work friends. And Mm -hmm. it's now because everybody's isolated and everybody's working from home, they don't get out as much. They don't interact with people quite as much. And like you said, people aren't joiners anymore. They're not really joining up into the regular things that, that people used to do decades ago. So it's a, what they're calling a public health crisis of loneliness. Hmm. I um a public health crisis. Mm-hmm. I, I could see that. You know, the UK uh, noticed when they did a big survey and they found out that so many people are lonely and alone. And isolation and loneliness were one of the reasons the decline of mental health and also physical health. They set up a program, I think it was still being done, where you could just simply call up if you were alone and somebody would answer the phone there and just talk to you for as long as you wanted to talk. They said, this is cheaper than us providing medical or mental care for people, that if you're just alone and you have no one to communicate with. And they interviewed these different people that work the phone lines. They said they have this, they, the same guy. One woman says, the same man will call me every single night at 7 o'clock, and I just chit-chat with him, see how his day was. He explains what he had for dinner and what he thought about, what he read. And I'm on the phone with him for just a half an hour, just sort of touching base, seeing how his life is. And they said it's been very effective. They've been doing it for a while now. And they're seeing you know, some increase in better mental health and then also physical health because people are just not alone. We are social animals. We are supposed to be communicating. We're supposed to be sharing things and uh, being involved in different things. So um, sad that that uh, we're reduced to such an extent that uh, the story shows it. And then people are not good about making new friends. That's the other thing. They don't know how to make a real friend, how to socialize and, and uh, get to know somebody. So I sad also story. Think that- Yeah, that social media has diminished friendship because real friendship isn't a comment or a like or a something. Real friendship is through thick and thin being there for somebody when they, when they win or when they lose and knowing the story of their lives. It's not some post where you think your hair looks good and you watch to see how many people like the picture. 
that's just mm-hmm. not friendship. And I think people have replaced real friends with that kind of instant gratification. And it's got to feel yeah. hollow. Yes. Well, if you don't know what it is, if you hadn't had real friends, <clears throat> you know, I still do Taco Tuesdays with Fred and Clint and Andy, a um, few other guys. Tim steps in there, too. Well, like six or seven guys. We just see each other once a week, hang out there and talk and, you know, make fun of one another. And then, you know, eight thirty, nine o'clock, everybody heads back home again. Uh, and it's an important part of my life. Uh, to be able to, well, where are we going to Caboose or Mike's or, you know, where are we going to, to go get tacos? And then also in a community, small community like this, there's all sorts of stuff going on all the time. Donkey basketball, by the way, tomorrow happening. I think it's in Ellensburg. I'll be there, Sherry, um, watching the donkey basketball game. I'm saying it right. Donkey. About dong. Key. Dong. Key. Key. Not dong. dunk like Dunkin' Donuts, but dong. Key. Dong. Dong. Key. Ding dong. Got it. Okay. Got it. That's tomorrow. And then if you were here, I'd be taking you over to the Eagles Club, also a great place uh, where I'm a member. Thank you in good standing because they've got the big, um, it's, what are they calling this thing? Ladies Night. I think I sent it to you before. Yeah. Ladies Night. It's the 25th of February, showtime, 730. Look at those hot guys. Mm -hmm. They're going to be coming out there and the tickets are on sale now for www girls night out <laughs> are you allowed you're it's no boys allowed i would imagine right club. oh let me tell you something if you know anything about those clubs eh, yeah the women get all crazy and then you just you know then you're just kind of hanging out in the corner after they're like seeing those guys and you're like hey ladies huh huh you don't think there's any comparisons going on. <laughs> it's like, okay, I just saw the I firemen. I cannot believe the these guys. I cannot believe these guys. When they walk out on that stage and they see that the ladies of Clee at the Eagles Club, they're going to be like, huh? Oh, no, no, no. They, no the, all they see we is took green. Steroids they for don't this? care. Huh? They don't care. As long as, the, as long as the ladies have their cash, they are going to make them feel like superstars. Really? Oh, yeah. Haven't you ever? You've been to those shows. You've been Uh in those shows. (laughs) (laughs) No, I have not. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I I assume that, yeah, they'll be getting all the money there from from the gals at the the Eagles Club. That's part of the friendship sort of thing that's going to be happening there. I saw, I didn't really realize that Eagles Club on New Year's Eve, I didn't know, um, got invited uh, by Dick and Marla to go, and it was Elvis Presley was performing that night. And Elvis was there singing great, great. In fact, I think he won the international Elvis competition. He lives over on the east side, and he kept having to come over, and they had hired him, and the band was great. Aretha Franklin imitator, she was great as well. I remember the one guy from the Eagles going, oh, boy, I hope we make enough money to cover this. I hope we sold enough tickets. We need to sell 120 tickets. We were all packed in there. And at one point, Elvis goes, hey, there's John Curley over there and the teeny tiny lady in the pickle jar. And I listened to your show, John. How you doing over there? You still living in that cabin? You still peeing in the woods? <laughs> it's like Elvis flipping me crap from the stage here at the Eagles Club on New Year's Eve. 
It's a big wow. night for everybody. That's a that's a compliment that Elvis I knows your story. Think, I love Elvis that. Elvis in the building. Elvis yeah. in the building, <laughs> flipping me a little something. And then he came over and he came over and he sang to everybody. Great voice, great Elvis, by the way. And then he came over and he uh, went behind Andy and he then he sat on uh, Nick's lap and my my wife's lap. And then he was giving her some loves and kisses. Then he went over some other people and I said, "What did Elvis smell like?" And she said, "He smelled like pine saw, but like really." Like just enough pine saw. I was like, "Huh, that's interesting." Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see where pine saw might might you know it's just clean enough that it's good. But if it's too much, then you think you're covering something up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sherry. I'm Sherry Elliker for pine saw. <laughs> just use a dab. Otherwise. Something bad happened. <laughs> too, too much. <laughs> By the way, I sent it to Chris. Can you see the picture of the Eagles there, the guys that are going to be performing? What do you think of that, huh? Huh? Do you see it? Chris? You, <laughs> yeah, I'm photo? just looking at it now. That's uh, totally amazing. That's an impressive group, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> Why? They got a fireman. They got a guy. They got a lot of, they got a knight. Actually, are these things women only or can men go? I think men can go, but people will talk. <laughs> All right, well, I'll go. I think you should crash that I'll party. You never know. You never know. Chris, maybe, maybe one of those, those guys. Some friends. Yeah, I mean, tickets are on sale now. Let's do this, Andrew, Nate, no, uh-huh. Chris, come on over. Come on over. We'll all we'll all hit the club. Thanks for all those letters. Chain Time Lady worked extra hard to find the letter of the day. She uh, puts in, a, she gives 110%, leaves nothing on the field. She's mentally and physically exhausted by the end of the show. Sherry, going through all those letters from MyNorthwest.com and one triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. Pile them all together since she doesn't complain. You don't hear ever complain. She is the best of the best. Uh, end of the week, I think she's going to get Employee of the Week again on the uh, John Curley Sherry Elliker Show. Give her, give her a little love there, Sherry. Do, do I get a vote in that? Do, I mean, I, well, I, I... the answer is no. <laughs> okay. Gee, shocker. All right. Uh, rather than the mailman song, I'll give you a little bit of Elvis from the Eagles Club on New Year's Eve. There's no tenor, my people. Wow, what happened? You said 11 seconds Hello. in. It was 11 to... eleven to. Play oh. the radio. <laughs> it wasn't that long. Oh, I'm trying, trying. All right, never mind. Hit the mailman song. I'm trying to give the Elvis a little something love there. Time remaining. Give me a truncated version of the mailman song. So we got a lot of letters to get to. Truncated. Truncated. Sherry, we've got the letter of the day. First, take care of all the rest. Here we go. Stolen cars, 425. If your car is mm-hmm. stolen, the state would uh, should have to pay your impound fee. That would quickly solve the problem. Wow. Brad says uh, there are open chop shops on in camps all over Seattle that trade the cars in, the bike parts for cash or drugs to cartel uh, that put them on a truck to Mexico. No joke. No joke. <laughs> uh, Marjorie Taylor Green, MTG is awesome, Sherry. Don't diss her. Hmm. Don't diss, Sherry. MTG okay. is, is a classless joke. It's shocking that people voted for her. 
And Sherry. Mike says, Sherry, were you more upset at Marjorie Taylor Greene for calling Joe Biden a liar for lying? Or were you more upset about Nancy Pelosi ripping the State of the Union like a spoiled, petulant child? I didn't like either of those things. There's the answer to that one. Twitter hearing. Steve-O says, hopefully they go after Twitter personally. FBI, CDC, people with the vigor and the transparency of January 6th, a prosecution. But I won't hold my breath. No, they're not. Those people... They were in surges. They were taking over the country, destroying democracy. Fernando, get them for what? It's a private business with a private platform. They can put up and take down whatever they want. It's all Republican political theater. Okay. State of the Union 206 says, My husband counted the number of times that people stood up 83 times. Huh. Yeah, that, that was you. annoying. Uh, Michelle, all Biden's talk about buying made in America was hard to watch, thinking about all those COVID tests supplied by the government government bought, bought, bought from China. Oh, corporations and taxes. That's BS. Investors, um, teachers, firefighters, etc. invest for a share of profits. Profits should be calculated after the taxes are paid. Uh-huh. 360 says, don't those alleged non-taxpaying record profit large farmer receive taxpayer money for COVID? Possibly. Teeny, you and are the best. And now it's time for the letter of the day, Susan. <laughs> wow. Took a shot at you at the end there. Uh, yeah, I know. She never misses a chance. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. On John not caring what you're bigger than that. Yeah, bigger. Uh, On John not caring what kind of car he's given to drive. Aaron says this, John. John, knowing your car buying skills, have I got a car for you? Hit me up the next time you need a car, and I'll pull it out of the bushes and jumpstart it for you. Oh, don't tempt me. We've got to pound it, and we've got to pound it till it's done. That's all. We're not done yet. Didn't write no more. By the way, none should say turkeys are done, people are finished.